I'm going to get started with our scripture reading. This is our last parable before we start a new sermon series. And it is, again, from the Gospel of Matthew. It's from the 25th chapter, verses 14 through 30. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who was leaving on a trip. He called his servants and handed his possessions over to them. To one he gave five valuable coins, and to another he gave two, and to another he gave one. He gave to each servant according to that servant's ability. Then he left on his journey. After the man left, the servant who had five valuable coins took them and went to work doing business with them. He gained five more. In the same way, the one who had two valuable coins gained two more. But the servant who had received the one valuable coin dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five valuable coins came forward with five additional coins. He said, Master, you gave me five valuable coins. Look, I've gained five more. His master replied, excellent, you are a good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'll put you in charge of much. Come, celebrate with me. The second servant also came forward and said, master, you gave me two valuable coins. Look, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done. You are a good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'll put you in charge of much. Come, celebrate with me. Now the one who had received one valuable coin came and said, Master, I knew that you are a hard man. You harvest grain where you haven't sown. You gather crops where you haven't spread seed. So I was afraid. And I hid my valuable coin in the ground. Here, have what's yours. His master replied, you evil and lazy servant. You knew that I harvest grain where I hadn't sown and that I gather crops where I haven't spread seed. In that case, you should have turned my money over to the bankers so that when I returned, you could give me what belonged to me with interest. Therefore, take from him the valuable coin and give it to the one who has 10 coins. Those who have much will receive more and they will have more than they need. But as the, for those who don't have much, even the little bit they have will be taken away from them. Now take the worthless servant and throw him out into the farthest darkness. People, there will be weeping and grinding their teeth. May God add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of Scripture. Our hearts and minds are open. Well, fall is coming. It's just right around the corner, isn't it? Uh, hence all the wonderful students up here with their backpacks. And, and for me, fall is one of my favorite times of year because it means the gathering together of friends and family. Uh, we'll gather together, together to watch football and we'll eat. Uh, we'll, we'll gather to celebrate Labor Day and then we will eat. 
Then we'll gather uh, and decorate trunks and eat, have Thanksgiving and what, eat? It's the best time of the year. Uh, I wonder what it is about gathering around the table and sharing food that brings people together. Uh, Today, as we conclude our study on the parables of Matthew, uh, the parables of Jesus that are found in Matthew, we we end with one that I did not want to preach. In fact, I tried to give it away a couple times and no one else would take it. Uh, I've been dreading it all summer. This is the third parable in a row where we have heard Jesus talk about grace and judgment. Remember two weeks ago, there was this wedding feast and, and this guy was wearing the wrong clothes and was thrown out. Last week, we talked about the 10 bridesmaids. Five of them were kept out of the banquet. And today, we hear this story of these valuable coins. You know, this parable and the one last week have the context around it of how do we live in the world in the in-between spaces. These last two parables are talking about what do we do when we're awaiting Jesus to come back and they give us a glimpse of how we should live our lives. Now, it's really easy to jump to that third servant of the story and talk about the impending judgment on humanity. (laughs) But if we do that, we're not being fair to the text because the other two servants, if we just skip over that part of the story, we are missing what God wants us to know. Now, the master in this story tells the first two servants the identical same thing. It's found in 21 and 23. His master replied, excellent. You are good. You are a good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little, and I'll put you in charge of much. Come, celebrate with me. All through the New Testament, This celebration, this joy, if you will, is symbolized in a meal. You know, we had the banquets, feeding of the 5,000, the the celebrations center around these beautiful feasts. But, But what Jesus is trying to say here, in other words, is the joy of Jesus is that we all can come to the table. What is striking about this parable is the superabundance of the master. He gives eight coins to these three servants. Now, the translation we used was the Common English Bible that translated it as coins. I almost swapped translations for this week because coins really doesn't cut it because it is not a measurement of money like a quarter or a dollar bill. 
it is more measured in a precious metal, like a weight. The NRSV translates it as talents. But I think the New International Version had it the best because it translates it as bags of gold. To put it in perspective, one coin is worth about 6,000 denarii. Now, uh, a denarius was a day's wage for a laborer in the time of Jesus. So we're talking about generational wealth that this master is leaving to his servants. This is the Powerball jackpot. It's more than anyone hearing a story Jesus preached, more than they could ever imagine. This master is sharing this generational wealth with his servants, and he wants his servants to participate and celebrate with him and celebrate the joy of feasting at his table. But the feast is different. The feast is in the giving. It's in sharing the happiness. It's distributing things around the world. Remember the parable from earlier in the summer when it says the kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who spreads seeds all over the place (laughs) because there's enough seeds. The farmer spreads them everywhere. The decision to follow Jesus and be a part of what Jesus is doing in the world brings people to the table. You know, one of the things that that we value here at Asbury is we say a lot, let's give Jesus our best. Now, this can be misleading if we're not careful. Giving Jesus our best is not about being correct. It's not about being perfect. It's not even about doing a good job. Giving Jesus our best is simply doing that right next thing in order to grow into the person God knows we can be. I call it bridge the gap, making small changes consistently over time, which leads to true transformation. This parable can give us a few glimpses of what it may look like to make some of those changes so that we too can celebrate at Jesus' table, because Jesus wants us at the table. In verse 14, it says, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who was leaving on a trip. He called his servants and handed his possessions over to him. The master in the story gives these servants access to his wealth. And, and he does not hold back. He offers them and to them and lets them use these gifts how they see fit. And he does that for me and you too. He gives us access. He doesn't hold back so that we too can have a place at his table. For many of us, we've fallen into unhealthy ways of thinking about uh, 
how God works in the world. Because our current church, our current uh, state of how we do things is we think more about doctrine, about being right, than we do about incarnation, which is being with. And this false understanding makes us think that we have to be a certain way before we can go to the table. And that's just not the case. All throughout the Gospels, Jesus was about being with people rather than showing people his rightness. Uh, one of the best examples is in the Gospel of John where uh, the, the leaders, the religious leaders find a woman who was participating in adultery and he, they bring her to Jesus and they throw her down at his feet and they say, the scriptures say that, that we should um, have her stoned for her sins. What say you? And if you remember that story, they weren't worried about that woman's sins. They were trying to trap Jesus into saying something that was outside of their doctrine so they could bring him up on charges. And, and Jesus, you remember what he says? He says, okay, any of you that have not sinned, cast the first stone. And one by one, they drop their stones and he's left to have a real conversation with this woman to help her have new life. I love that story and how it shows us that we can come to the table just as we are. Verse 15 says, he gave each servant according to that servant's ability. I love how the master didn't put benchmarks on these three servants before they could participate. He found all three of them valuable and he found that all three of them had something that they could bring. And sometimes just showing up is the best that we can bring. Uh, have you ever been called to a table that you didn't feel you were quite ready for? Uh, two years ago, when our senior pastor left in the middle of the year, uh, in, in Methodist world, uh, you pretty much have appointments annually, and this was right in the middle. And Maggie and I were all of a sudden invited to the big kids' table. Uh, I wanted Bill Morgan to take it because he was a leader in the conference and he had served a church that's larger than Asbury. But Bill, in his infinite wisdom, said no. Maggie, Robert, and I will serve as a pastoral team. And I can't speak for Maggie, but I grew more in that year than I have at any time in my ministry. And Bill would tell us over and over again, all you have to do is be yourself. Being in God's family means we don't keep it to ourselves. This parable is not about an accumulation of wealth but rather it turns the world upside down. In the kingdom of heaven, 
It's not about saving our blessings. It's about giving them away. Jesus wants us to share the joy of the table. We give it away because there's a super abundance. There's enough. Verse 29, it says, those who have much will receive more and they will have more than they need. Now, this verse has been abused by our modern culture where we are praised because we accumulate stuff. When the reality is they weren't blessed because they had more and kept it to themselves. They would be blessed because they have more and would give it away. Remember the parable of the vineyard and the person who ran the vineyard gave everyone the same amount of pay no matter what time they clocked in. This is an upside down view of our world. The more we give away, the more we gain. The more we live an authentic life in Christ, the more we flourish as human beings, the more we embrace the way and the life of Jesus, the more others will come to the table. Now, you might be asking yourself, what about that last guy? What about that third guy? Are you not going to talk about him? That was some pretty heavy stuff at the end of that parable. I can resonate with this third guy. I I can totally see myself telling Jesus, (laughs) hey, I, I didn't like grow anything, but also I didn't waste anything. Here it is. But you know what? We, over the years, have hyper-focused on this guy and turned it into a judgment that is not there. The third servant buried the treasure because he said he knew that the master was a hard man. You notice nowhere else in that parable does it talk about the master being a hard man. How many churches out there today still peddle that fear? In spite of the fact that all throughout the Old and New Testament, it says, do not be afraid. Over 350 times in the Bible, it says, do not fear. This third servant is a self-fulfilling prophecy. The master did not judge this guy. This guy judged himself. He was outcast because he chose to hoard the blessings to himself. What are you going to do with the blessings that God has given you? You're going to bury them in the ground? out of selfishness and fear? Or are you going to give it away and join the celebration of Jesus at his table? Let us pray. 
Oh God, we come to you today confessing that we don't always live as we should. As we come to this table, forgive us. Help us to live the way that you know we can be. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.